0: Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard podcast with our special guest,
1: Jen Slavati, co-host and the very pale today, Catherine Brandt
2: and Andy Brandt-Bernard. Why are you very, very I don't
0: pale know. Today? I just
1: look like I'm a ghost. <clears throat> no, you, you don't. Think so. floating around.
0: <laughs> no doubt <laughs> I think about it's it. that
1: time of year where you haven't seen any sun in a month already.
0: That's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe.
1: I have a tendency to get super pale in the winter.
4: Roger Maris of Nissan's. No,
0: no, you're not. You know, you're just talking about uh, being pale and this and that. At least you didn't do as badly as the guy at the Iron Works. Do you see that?
1: No, what happened?
0: Apparently there's some company, I think it's in Pennsylvania, that's been warned that their, their iron fabricating business or using iron to fabricate other things was not safe enough. Mm. Guy fell into a vat of molten oh, no, no. lead, or Mol- well, molten iron. Anyway, yeah, it was molten iron. It fell into it. The- he said, as he fell in, he liquefied. Yeah, his body just oh, liquefied. He would have felt it nothing. It's so hot. Oh no, he didn't feel anything. No, no well, that's a no, 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 no.
1: feel-good story.
0: <laughs> but I- can you imagine watching this guy's body just liquefy right before your eyes? I, iron workers—they've seen all sorts of stuff. But I
1: still don't understand <laughs> well, how you're. Safety standards can be that lower. That can even happen. They
0: didn't even have a railing yeah, in front of them. They're going to get <laughs> sued
2: out the ass. Uh, sure. well, well, that's getting
0: sued. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> that just doesn't seem like anybody from OSHA has been inspecting.
2: No, it yeah. doesn't, does it?
0: Because
1: they should have been shut down until the safety standards were met.
0: Well, they warned them about something else, like last year, and that didn't get fixed either.
1: I know, but when you warn somebody and they don't comply, you, they I have know. the right to shut them down. And they didn't do it? I know. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I, um, I melted copper in my backyard before. You remember that? Yeah, I
1: remember your smelting Made phase. a little
2: smelter. <laughs> um, and so I melted about probably half a pound of copper. Copper is much much lower temperature than iron okay. but a half a pound of copper in a little crucible about probably three feet away is still uncomfortably hot i bet it's like touching a hot stove kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. so I mean if you think of just a campfire five thousand pounds of molten iron yeah, yeah the it's heat that most people can't even really fathom because it's just so yeah. so hot <clears throat> I think that's true most people can even Understand. No. A lot and that to think experience. that they don't have any security or safety around there is just, Mm-mm. I don't know.
1: Negligence. It's, true. it's called negligence. Well, yes,
2: it is. <laughs> yes, it is. No
0: question about it.
1: It is called negligence.
0: Jen Salvati with us, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> One of my favorite things. Yeah, you're not going to find a whole lot of defund the police or defund the military in this studio. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> so, Veterans Airlift Command. What a great, great thing this is. I want to hear all about it.
1: All right. Well, well you have to remember. Veterans Airlift Command is who brought my dad
0: Mm -hmm. from
1: from Arizona during COVID. COVID.
0: I would like to know why Don got a special private jet, though. He got a private jet, for God's sake. Because somebody
1: somebody volunteered their time and their talents and their energy and money to do it. It was the -hmm. most amazing experience he was you have no idea how high he was riding for for like three months all he would talk about is did you know that i was mm-hmm. gifted a ride on a private plane
2: well i mean it can you imagine so the way he grew up he probably never would have thought that he would no. be riding for free on a private jet there's no, no way because he was not born well was he born in jamestown
1: no, he was born in Billings, Montana. But he
2: was raised in Jamestown. Yes. For the most part. Jamestown, and North Fargo. Dakota, pretty mm-hmm. poor area. You know, not a whole lot of private jets out there. I
1: wouldn't say they were poor, but they weren't hundred like, years ago,
2: they sure were. They weren't
1: were. wealthy by any stretch.
2: Yeah. By modern standards, you know, no yeah. indoor plumbing, that sort of thing. <laughs>
1: Poor plumbing.
2: E- I I he wasn't he, alive he in the
1: told 1800s. stories about your
2: grandparents
0: having that's, an outhouse. That's
1: on my other side.
2: Oh, that
0: was the other. No, mess. there's no way they had plumbing there hundred years ago. No way.
2: In Jamestown?
0: Maybe in the city. Did he? Did he, he live right in, in the in, city? In, oh, did oh, did he? he? Yeah. Oh, no, I thought he, he didn't lived live on a farm, farm or,
1: or anything. There. No. no.
0: I remember going to. They the, had
1: refrigerators I, and everything when he was alive. I was
0: four years oh, old, I went boxes. up to my
1: and everything.
0: <laughs> four years old, I went up to my aunt Mary Ann's farm. Larry and Mary Ann Levine.
2: Larry and Mary Ann.
0: Yep. yep. Larry and Mary Ann Levine. Mary Ann is still alive. I love. Wow. Ann. She's a wonderful person. She is. Four years old, I had to go to the bathroom. Two o'clock in the morning, I wandered outside to the outhouse, and Toots, my mother, went berserk oh, when she sure. found out I did
1: that. Well, yeah.
0: Wandering around four-year-old, middle of the night, out in the middle of nowhere. Why well, we get taken by a wolf? Well, I could have fallen in, too, because that hole was big enough for Oh, me. God,
1: yeah. For a four-year-old, yeah, For that's a four-year-old, true. but... But back to Airlift Command.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, back to Airlift Command, exactly. It, uh,
1: I remember I was just, like, frantic to get him up here. My mother had died. In the room that he was in down oh. in floor in uh, mm-hmm. Arizona, Yep. and he wanted to come up here so badly and get out of.
2: You can't blame him. Yeah,
1: can't blame him at all. COVID was going on. He. Oh, they weren't
2: letting him outside. Yeah, and yeah.
1: I mean, and then it was like every senior that comes near COVID's going to die, you know. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want him on a on a commercial flight, and he was pretty frail to even be doing that. And I remember call, somebody told me about your. Organization on uh, on social media, and I was like, so I got and you. I, I don't know if it was even you. I got a whole thing in notes. I was going to bring in, but I forgot, of course. They um, said they love flying World War II vets.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because there's not a whole lot of them. Yeah, it's many like many these 11. guys
1: will do anything for World War II vets, and I'm like, really?
0: Well, and he should, was up
1: here within I think 30 days. Should it point It was amazing
0: because she won't bring it up. Should point out. That Don tried to get in uh, to World War II when he was 16, and they sent him back.
1: No, they were going to send him back.
0: Oh, but they never did? I thought no, they actually did no. send him back. He, talk, no, he, he, talked,
1: he talked his commanding officer out of it because he said, by the time you send me home, I'll be 17, yeah.
2: and,
0: and then I'll, I'll just come, just come back. I'll just re-enlist. So what's the <laughs> point? back anyway. And he
1: was like, okay, I guess that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, he was a guy at
0: 17, 18 years old, um, Releasing people from death camps like Dachau and these these camps. He
1: wasn't in a big one. He didn't do a big one, but like that, yes. Well, I
0: I guess he did you know, a practice death camp. Yeah, he he, he just had was to wade through one. the dead bodies, so it wasn't that <laughs> oh, big a deal. I mean, was, yeah. But at 17 years old to go through something like that, and he was shot and wounded. He was he got hit by shrapnel. Yeah, For shrapnel. Thought he was shell. shot too. No, it was a mortar. mortar oh, it was a mortar. A mortar okay. Mm-hmm. But he carried that with him his whole life, right? There was yeah, still he had in
1: his the, body all the time. The
5: mm-hmm. whole yeah. He time, probably so. carried a lot with him his whole life. Oh,
0: oh, right. I, oh guarantee yes. that. I don't know. How, how do you get by? Do you ever talk to these people? How do they get past all of that?
2: A lot of them didn't.
5: Well, right. that's
1: one of the reasons why your organization exists, right, is
5: to help. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we have a whole generation of World War II vets that never actually had any resources at all right. to even deal with really? getting past it. No, you were no. just I mean, supposed <laughs> to go It home. was shell shocked, and that was it. You went mm-hmm. home,
1: and you carried that all, and talked to no one about it. And that was you that was it. To, yeah, you were just supposed to go home, get married, have a bunch of kids, and make a life. And that was like that's what a lot <laughs> of them did too. A lot of them yeah. actually just did it. My they grandfather was about a it.
5: World War Two veteran, and you know, talking to him later in life, that was he said, "Well, I suppose maybe." maybe i did have ptsd maybe what they call that yeah. now you know he yeah. kind of laughed at what they what they call that now he said back then it was shell <laughs> yeah. shock you know yeah. we just we went on with it exactly. and that was it and my dad is a vietnam vet um oh, flew Huey's yeah. in vietnam and um you know the re- obviously the resources for vietnam vets and even the appreciation which was much it's different t- than horrible what we had for World War II veterans, yes. which is how we started in the first place. Okay. So my dad flew helicopters in Vietnam, was injured, and um, almost lost his leg, did not, but spent six months in the hospital. And yeah,
0: we should mention, by the way, Huey uh, helicopters were not the safest place to be because they transported troops in and out of the jungles and all these different things. Yeah. Absolutely.
5: He was smoky. He was the first one in. Oh. So uh, A lot of war so, heroes
0: in your family over there.
5: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no doubt. And it's skipping a generation here. But you're uh, like he, certainly doing your part to help.
4: Yeah.
5: It's, and it's an honor. Uh, but he he started Veterans Airlift Command in really? 2006 and thought he would he's a pilot. he continued to fly his, right. his he, he retired from banking, and I think he was maybe 59 when he retired from banking. thought he would fly guys locally around the you know five yeah, state area with yeah. his own plane, didn't fly a jet. Um, but then calls started coming in. Uh, and then this was 2006, 2007. Hey, we've got guys at Walter Reed, Brooke Army Medical Center that oh, yeah. need flights, and he started recruiting some of his buddies that had airplanes, and, and realized, hey, this isn't just going to be a small thing. This is, we actually need help here. So he, I want to say he started in, started in 2006. I came on board in June of 07. Wow. And we maybe had 100 pilots signed up with us at the time, and we've had about 2,700 nationwide now. That's amazing. And it is wonderful. I had a, I had a little bit of a marketing background, and he said, hey, we've got this email list that someone gave me, you know, donated to us. Do you think there's anything you could do with that? Uh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. So I essentially started junk mailing people saying, hey, you know, we've got a quad amputee who needs to get from Walter Reed home to Michigan for the very first time. Can you use your airplane for this? And... The response rate on junk mail, I would say, is not usually great. This one was, was, yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh wow. can't do it this time. Let me do it next time. Sign me up. So we kind of got rolling that way. It was and it was very organic, uh, word of mouth. So we didn't do it. You know, you don't see radio advertising for us. You don't see a lot of no advertising in it. And it's. Uh, Our primary mission really started out just with our resources, post-9-11, combat wounded. At this point, we can do combat wounded from, I would say, most eras.
1: Really? Yeah.
5: Okay. What
0: a wonderful story that
1: is. How do you, how, is it mostly the pilots that are donating everything?
5: The pilots donate everything. So we have a small staff of four. uh, and, And my staff has been with me for 11 years, nine years. My dad's the founder. I've been on, this is year, I'm in my 16th year now, oh, yeah. dedicated. Um, uh, somebody's on call all the time. I've got on call this week, so if you call, call late and need a flight tonight, I'll be the one answering the call on that. Um, it's an honor to be able to do it. Uh, we have, what I see growing up in Minnesota, I'm not, you know, my dad was in, out, retired from the military by the time he was 21. So I grew up around airplanes, but I did not grow up around, Military, growing up, I grew up in Edina, so very, you know, I don't think I had maybe three friends whose dads were Vietnam veterans. Really? Yeah. I mean, and if they were, they didn't talk about it. Okay. Um, it was, it it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing not growing up around it and and being from Minnesota, not seeing the sacrifices that our military makes, and there's a lot that I didn't see until I started doing this. when you look at not just limb loss, but traumatic brain injuries, PTSD. And a lot of the flights that we do are flights for soldiers, veterans, who you would not necessarily know that they were injured when you first meet them. But then you spend 12 hours and you realize you've had the same conversation a few times. There's traumatic brain injuries that affect short-term memory. Uh, We're getting through an airport might be difficult and you can't see that as a general, you know, general population doesn't necessarily see, Hey, this guy's got four limbs. Why would he need to travel on a private aircraft jet for free? Well, because he might not make his connection
1: because he's forgotten where it was
4: Oh, yeah. yeah.
5: or just anxiety from being around crowds. I flew home from Atlanta on Sunday. I stood in the security line for an hour and a half. They eventually moved our line to the accessible line because there were so many people there so any if if a veteran had actually needed to use the accessible line we'd gotten moved to that line and it was hour long wow so there's i mean there's definitely a, a value in flying privately over commercially too
0: no question one thing that i i must say that if tom brokaw says they're the greatest generation i'll go with that you know he wrote that book did you ever read the book greatest generation by tom brokaw no it's phenomenal he honors people like you're talking about so so well in that book it it's really amazing if you get a chance i don't think people really understand what those men and women went through do you think do you think this generation gets it at all no no <clears throat> i bet nope. not no not at all god it just it was a, a, a world war going on and you know we just kind of maybe got lucky because it was found that that missile that was fired was not fired by the Russians, it was fired by Ukrainians and mm-hmm. it overshot its target. They were already talking about going to war and like, oh my God. Yeah, World War Three will not be a good one if it ever happens, and I hope it never does happen, but that's not going to be a good time at all. No. So odd, ah, the entire world at war. How does that even happen?
1: Because of power hungry maniacs. And mm-hmm. greed. Yep, yeah, yep. and that's greed. That's true. <coughs> which we still seem to have plenty of. Unfortunately, we yeah. haven't solved that problem quite yet. No, we yet, have, have not we? solved
0: the greed problem yet, you're right. So
1: how do you so you try you raise you okay, so you are the connection, you're the dispatcher for veterans and then you also do fundraising to help right. with fuel costs or
5: no, so what we cover, so we are working right now on an endowment, so we don't need to do fundraising ultimately. Okay. Um, but we do one event. I've, I, I actually just, so I'm the executive director. We do one event every year called Hero Flight, and we do it in a different city every year. This year we were in um, Reynolds, Georgia. And we. And, it, and I would say our, our biggest supporters are also our pilots. So yeah. the, the financial supporters understand we would not exist. They would not be able to do the flights that they do if our four didn't exist. So we are, you know, we're working on a new website right now. That's probably one of our bigger expenses. But we're a paid staff of four. Uh, it's not volunteer work. It, in terms of I well, have no, you're had working full time yeah, at this, yeah, more than full time. And so, you know, we've had we've had volunteers say, "Hey, we'd love to help you out with." But ah, I'm busy. I want to golf today, or I want to do this or that. So, we've had people that are retired. Hey, I want to. I'd love to volunteer for you. Really, the best spot for a volunteer is. Hey, do you own an airplane and can you fly? Okay. Um, but that um, our pilots or aircraft owners are the ones that pay for the flights completely. Oh, okay. So what we do is we recruit
1: the pilots and aircraft owners, and we vet the veterans. Yeah, uh, I remember when, uh, yeah, when you, you guys sent me a, an application for, for Don Brandt, and I had to put in all of his military information, so it was all verified, so it's not people just scamming a free airplane right, ride someplace, right? right. Yeah, yeah, it was very thorough.
5: We had one of those once. Um, you did, oh, <laughs> and we and we and we, uh, we figured it out <laughs> before he flew. So uh, we had the FBI waiting for him oh, on the ground. he oh, stole. I like it. He was uh, faking. <gasps> oh my god! He uh, I love yeah, it. stolen valor. Said he was a marine. Oh god. Uh, i mean even had marine tattoos Um, he'd been vet. he'd been vetted by another organization to get the service dog and so typically you know we're working to get the service dog we're talking to the other organizations and one of my mission coordinators said a little google search and and google's your friend i tell you (laughs) you can find anything (laughs) tells me that uh, we might be looking at a stolen valor situation so we're like all right so how are we going to get this guy and you know, really don't want to spend too much of our time and resources on on this, but I also don't want him stealing another service dog or right. another yeah. anything yeah. from another true combat wounded veteran. So we figured it out, and they couldn't do anything unless he actually flew the dog. So we had a pilot who said. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'll, I'll fly him up with the dog. And, and the FBI oh,
1: was waiting yeah. for it was him, a
5: sting so. operation. <laughs> yeah, the so sting. great. You, exactly. you <laughs> don't want to put in a phony application and suggest that you've served in combat if you have not.
1: No. Oh, my God. So, so what, you, was this guy, like, collecting a military pension and everything? Or? No. Okay. No. I think he No, the military
2: a... would, yeah, have Well, if, No, no. Smell, sniff that mm. out uh, right yeah. away.
1: like the government. I no, know. I think he'd
5: maybe stolen his father-in-law's uniform, and <laughs> I,
1: I, I, it was a weird deal. Oh, wow. Did, did he have That's some... That's
0: just evil. ...mental illness, do you think? Maybe. The reason I ask you that is because somebody didn't get to take that flight because he took it. Somebody well, used... he didn't the take mu- the
2: flight, Right.
5: Well, we had to have somebody actually fight the dog so yeah. he could get caught because oh, otherwise... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But...
1: Otherwise, there was no crime. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose.
5: But somebody didn't get a dog. Somebody didn't... You know, you mm-hmm. think right. of all of the resources that he'd taken probably well, up until yeah. he found
1: us. Yeah. And uh, you could have been spending time on another... Right. Real person yeah. And the
0: thing there, we, we talk about it on the morning show once in a while, is you know, I don't understand people. People are so angry with one another or people scam like this guy did. And what I don't get is how do they not understand, let's say you go after me, you're going to you know, go after me and destroy me. Well, you're going to go after my wife, my son, my daughter, my grandkids. How do people, how are they not human enough to see how many people could get hurt by their stupid action? They don't get it.
5: I think so. They I just, think some people just don't get it. Don't. I guess.
0: Uh, that's frustrating for me. But I, but I love the fact that that pilot set him up by, oh, I'll take the dog. Don't worry about yeah. it.
5: Yeah. And then he flew the dog back. <laughs> that he flew the dog back. Oh, did he really? Back to, oh, back that's to the cool. organization. Oh. So.
0: See, that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's yeah, great. I talked to Don's pilot. Uh, he, he came off the, the plane for a couple of minutes. They or,
1: both were... Um, uh, Vietnam vets. Yeah, they were both. Yeah, the pilot and his co-pilot. But it's yeah. funny, I
0: said, I want to thank you so much uh, for, you know, doing this. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, for taking this task on, I appreciate it. He goes, I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was really sweet. He's like, no, no, I got to do this and I'm doing this. It was he Especially was very... Vietnam
5: vets. Oh, yeah. We've got, oh, we've yeah. got a, a number of volunteers who are, quite a few, who are Vietnam veterans. And, and they, this is Their way to make sure what happened to them never happens again.
0: See, now that's a huge part that I wanted to get to next. Can we stop treating our vets like this? I mean, even the World War II vets, like you just pointed out, were not treated very well if they had some maladies or something that was a little off-kilter or something like that. They didn't really get all the help that they needed either. Right. Why did that happen? I still don't understand why that, that was ever the practice to not help people who basically saved your
2: life, probably. Well, the uh, more than 10% of the U.S. population served in World War II.
0: More than 10%? At the yeah. time, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think
2: that there was probably just not enough to go around. I mean, 16 million people, I don't even know how you would help that many people, even if you wanted to.
0: There, were there that
2: many people back then in World War II? Well, World War II was 16 million people. Population of the U.S. in 1945 was 140 million.
1: Yeah. Well, there was also a stigma. <sighs> mm-hmm. Back in those days with, you know, you were a big, strong military guy. Yeah, you sure. shouldn't you you have any problems. You shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be sad. You shouldn't be lonely. You shouldn't be having nightmares. You shouldn't oh, you just to weakness, be a tough guy, right? yeah. yeah. Being weak back then was like a really, really, really bad thing mm-hmm. to be, especially for a man. So when they came back, there were so many of them. The best thing everybody probably thought f- for them was to make sure they got jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you mental know? health wasn't a... We
5: weren't dealing with mental no, health in the not way not that not we're all. dealing with it now not at all. for World War II veterans. Um,
0: so why, when you said mental health, you looked at me? Why would you do that?
5: Obviously. <laughs> you know, I'm losing listened, mental you know, health problems. I grew up on KQ. I've heard your mental <laughs> oh, health. <no. laughs>
0: this could be a huge problem. Yes. She goes, mental health.
5: Well, <laughs> right,
0: right there. Wow.
1: It's, a, it's all out there for the world to see.
0: Uh, it is amazing.
2: Isn't that amazing? And you said that the, the population of the world was what? Population in the U.S. Was 160? Uh, no, 140. 140. So it was actually well over 10% of th- the U.S. population. I think
0: during World War II, the population of the world was only about three 3 million people, wasn't it? I assume you mean billion. Oh, billion. yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, not billion. <laughs> <laughs> 3 uh, billion. It's been prolific since then. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Not many people. It's not even half of what it.
2: 1942 14. world population. Uh was well under three billion, actually. Wow! In 1950, it was two and a half billion,
0: and now it's eight.
2: Yep. As of yesterday, it's eight billion. Mm-hmm. So in just
0: seventy short years or I eighty know, short just, years, it's, tripled. It? Yeah, it's tripled in eight in eighty years. Oh, some mm-hmm.
1: people like their population collapses. It's like where?
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's so real. many yeah, people on they? the
1: planet. Do we care?
0: Well, you did see now that they've they've come out and discovered that. People's ability to, to make children now has dropped by 50%. Something is going on with the chemistry there that the people cannot have babies anywhere near
2: as easily as they used to. Well, it's because they're all sedentary and they eat McDonald's all day. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, they're, oh, on, or nice. they're on medication. Or that,
0: yeah.
2: Or your medication would do that
0: too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, a lot, lot of people on medication. Yeah, everyone's
2: like, oh, there's uh, xenoestrogens in our water, there's forever chemicals. No, it's because people oh, it could be sit permanent. on the couch. For 23 and a half hours a day.
0: Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great.
4: Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year.
0: Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six?
4: I used my computer.
0: Ooh, I'm going to throw this in This it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it was such great news. I want to mention it. I saw uh, just before I came into the show this morning, um, a uh. chemical that does not allow fentanyl to reach your brain has been now discovered and will be on the market soon.
1: Wouldn't How that be great- What does that mean?
0: It, uh, somehow it blocks the chemicals from affecting your brain the way fentanyl does and killing you, actually.
1: So you take it when you take fentanyl? What's the point well, of Well, I think drug? it's like
0: Andy said, and they used to use, well, they still do use Narcan, but I think it's mm-hmm. a situation before it does, if you're showing bad signs and you get to the hospital in time to take this, oh. that it will block it from, from killing
2: you. Oh, here we go. Uh, it's called Zimhi. Yeah, Zimhi. Yeah, uh, it's an go. injectable version of naloxone.
1: Oh, okay. oh, is that what it is? So
2: naloxone uh, is a nasal spray.
1: Okay. I so,
2: don't know why an injection would be
0: better? better.
1: Yeah, I don't know either.
0: But that's really good. Did you know still 150 people a day die from fentanyl poisoning? Maybe
1: it's people that, pass, that are passed out and can't aren't breathing.
2: That's possible,
0: uh, I, I don't know. suppose. I
1: don't know. I'm just, just spitballing here. It was just
2: great news is all I'm having to say.
0: Yeah, I, great, I hope it'll news. help
1: people. I wish people could just not take all these drugs in the first place. Well, you know, most
2: people who overdose on fentanyl don't know that they're taking fentanyl right. is the problem. They don't. They think it's like heroin or cocaine. Yep. And
1: then heroin of course, never kills anybody. Then of course no. they also
0: made it nice and colorful so the kids would take it thinking it's candy, so thank you for that too. Uh, That's wonderful news. But anyway, back to the, uh, the subject at hand here, the great uh, work that, that people... So before World War II vets, this never happened. Like they, they wouldn't take World War I vets on train trips or anything like that? I'd never heard of it before the World War II vets uh, started doing this.
1: What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about, about the f- pilots trip?
0: flying in to fly people around. Did they, in the, after World War One, did they put them on trains to do the same thing? Oh. Because the air traffic wasn't anywhere near as much as it was after World War II. H- have they always served the, uh, or taken care of the people who served is, I guess, all I'm asking.
2: World War I, it's hard to say because yeah. no one's left from that era. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, but I mean, I, so there's no history of it. There, you know, there's no history that you've seen of it. I have never. That's why I'm asking.
2: I, yeah, I think these, and in, this information would be very difficult to find. Yeah. Last World War One vet died ten years ago, eleven actually. It was only eleven years ago. He was 110 years old. I'm he enlisted say, at the age of man. 14.
5: Because <laughs> he would let have been in early. Yeah, he Fourteen. was.
1: 14.
2: Yeah. Jeez. Look up his uh, what's his name? It's like Charles Schultz or. Yes, Charles the Schultz. Peanuts, yep.
1: cartoonists. Charlie
2: Brown was there. <laughs> I swear to God, it's something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, be. Well,
2: it could be World It could be Charles that.
0: Schultz. Yeah, that's not very exact. common
2: name, actually. That's uh, true. Let's see, Claude Schuels. Claude
0: wow. Schuels. You're very close. It was.
2: So, yes. Um, but yeah, if you um, Google his name and look up his uh, enlistment photo, I know Mom is going to react. Fort, Fourteen react years react old. React to that. Yep. Because he amazing. looks like a newborn infant.
0: <laughs> there
2: you go. At 14 years old. And where is he? Where was well, he well, from? We, we were I digging. Guess he'd up be a tween
1: All of those look photos. Like, look at that. Oh my! He is a child. He is. He's even be able a to, baby. He's a baby. I know.
0: And he was in the Army at, at that age? Yeah, this well, is you enlistment. Have a 15-year-old.
5: 15-year-old. Can you imagine him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of going to hockey tryouts
1: today, yeah. hey, hey kiddo, this is he what you're going
2: to I know. He looks like he hasn't even started puberty yet, <laughs> he, he and yet does. he's fighting in World War I. <laughs> I, know,
1: I think about that a lot. With My dad was, um, My God, that was when amazing. he was in high school, they had a, some sort of a training program so that the high school – Students would come out or go into the military as an officer. So he was in some sort of program to go be an officer. I'm like, a 16-year-old? A 17? They're going to be fresh out of high school, and they're going to come over there, and there's guys that have been in combat for a few years, and they're going to have a fresh-faced high school student (laughs) telling them what to do. It just seemed like that's strange. But he never made it through the... um, training because they they had all call for everybody to get over there so it was it was time not well spent but at any rate I think when he was 16 my dad my dad went into the service at 16 wanting to go him at 16 (laughs) I was like I don't even know if it's a possibility for today's kids to yeah
5: my dad was 17 I think when he signed up for but he, and he had already been flying,
1: but he was, he was 17 when he signed up to go in. 17. Yeah. God. It's just, you think about today's kids. Oh, yeah. And they seem so Done. unprepared for Done. even going <laughs> off on their own <laughs> and being able to do laundry. Mm-hmm. How, I know, how would we well, do? I mean, if
2: you think about it, the Army is actually not a terrible environment for someone like that because they're told what to do at all hours of the day. You know you wake up at this time oh, you go like do this true. you go this place you do this thing and then at this time you go to this place and you do this thing there's no like independence really but just
1: going through basic training I mean kids are not really usually very fit <laughs>
2: No, not a lot of back then. Mass. I think uh, back then.
1: Back then, but now. I
2: mean, how your dad probably started helping or, helping out around the farm when he was like 6 years old. Dad
1: never lived on a farm.
2: We <laughs> went to his like grandparents' farm and helped uh, out. I
1: mean, but that in those days the activity was you went fishing, you went swimming, you, you know, that went too, yeah. golf, you know. I mean, he was a caddy. I yeah. mean, yeah, you did stuff. You yeah. didn't stay home watching television Kids were playing video way games. Way more
2: fit back then.
1: That's true. That is
2: true. There was nothing to do. But that's just,
1: that's my point, is that if we had an all-call to go to war.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be good.
1: In three months. I don't, I don't even know what would happen. Most, I'm guessing most young men would flee. They would just go to Canada, or they would just get, try to get out of it. There's no way that they would do it. I just can't even imagine it. There's no way. No. That's so We just don't have that population anymore. No, we don't. We don't even have, we don't even have a patriotic population.
2: Oh God, no! Well, that's that's uh, every country though. Every country's youth is not prepared for war, and mm -hmm. that's why no one's. I mean, God, look at the wars we got going on right now. We got technology that people 100 years ago wouldn't even be able to think of, and we got superpowers fighting each other right now, and nothing's happening. Probably because veterans are still dying. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like in the world stage, yeah. You know, it's basically just like two powers. Butting heads over and over for no real reason.
5: And then when you talk about the percentage, you know, talk about 10% in World War II.
2: Yeah, that'd be.
5: 1% is what we have yeah. serving now.
2: Yeah, right. And
5: they're so having a hard time recruiting, now, recruiting. Right. right? And when you talk, talk about not being able to relate. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is scary. Yeah. Well,
2: that's yeah. one thing. The and World you talk War Two. The, generation I mean if you look at every like cartoon and TV show made while they were in their like 20s and 30s it's all about World War II because they all had it in common so they knew that like if you go to some random guy your age and you start talking about World War II he's probably going to be like oh yeah I remember that but now they don't really have that kind of thing
1: yeah
5: no, there's what we're no camaraderie. that is, is you'll have some I mean I've got a f- multiple friends when you ask how many tours they did you're not talking one Two, you're talking nine, ten, eleven. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
2: There was no, there's no replacement, so they have to get sent out over and over. You know what's amazing I, about this, honest to God,
0: Jen, is that the fact that I didn't look at it as how as being really, really fortunate, but I look at it now, because when I first started working, I started working at eleven years old, and then got, you know. Got involved in radio and the record business and all that stuff at a much younger age. But what I witnessed from those World War II veterans who were my bosses, you know, because I was at the right... And my favorite of all time, though, there was a British man who was a general manager of a radio station in St. Louis that I used to have to call in for Capitol Records. And every time I saw him, he had to tell me a war story. Every time, (laughs) which I thought was fantastic. He loved telling his war stories, and the way he told them was great. So he calls me, Tom, Tom, come in. I have to tell you something. Come in. Come sit, Have a seat. So look, I believe it was a Saturday. It might have been a Sunday, but we were strafing the Jerry's. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we were strafing the Jerry's. Oh, okay. But I look back now. I, maybe it's the first time today I've ever done it because of the conversation. How fortunate I was to meet all those people that fought and were Well, your aunt. I mean, she I was had, amazing.
1: We had... We had uh, From my mom's family and my dad's side of family, there were six that went into the military and um, were in active combat zones, and all of them came back. That is, like, I don't even know, statistically impossible. Yeah, yeah, all of them making it back? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know what your chances were coming home from World War II. I really don't. I wonder, actually.
0: Another thing you have to understand, Jen, is that uh, in Catherine's family, she had a great uncle named Young Jim. Young Jim was ninety. <laughs> so,
1: well, you know, those nicknames they stick.
0: <laughs> he was such a nice guy. What a what a nice man. All very
2: nice people. Uh, start of World War II. Combat fatality rate was fifty-five percent. I don't know how
1: they all came yeah. back. Worse than a coin a- flip. Wow, Uncle 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 L was in the Navy. He was on a you know an active ship.
2: And he was like what six four or something like that. Yeah. He was a big
0: fellow. I,
2: I think a ship was mm. a good place to be in World War II. Really? I could be wrong, but what? I think... Airplanes
1: weren't going to bomb Airplanes world. weren't
2: great because they were very, you know, one hit and you're going down.
1: I don't know. You look at... Uh,
2: you didn't want to be a uh, ground troop. That's for sure.
1: That's what my, my, fa- my father he called. He was. He called himself a foot slaughter. Yeah, exactly.
2: Your... Well, they called them cannon fodder back then.
1: Yeah, he said foot slaughter. Mm-hmm. God. Because there was a lot of army back, I mean, most most everybody was in the army. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, it was yeah. probably
2: mostly infantry. Because we needed
1: ground troops. Infantry
2: yeah. is what takes and holds ground, yeah.
1: Yeah, back in those days, I don't know what kind of statistical stuff they've got now, but. I, I wonder. Mostly, I, I would guess the Air Force is probably the biggest one, right?
2: Biggest one. Because they're what?
1: dropping, for dropping bombs and things and not getting your. Troops killed. Well,
2: yeah, I think air force is pretty safe these days because they're all going supersonic speeds. Yeah, you know. But I, back then the planes weren't very fast. so You could just shoot them out of the sky.
1: Yeah, and they had to fly low because the bombs were probably crude in a way. Oh yeah, very they effective definitely but crude. Were, yeah. yeah, definitely. <sighs> the whole thing just. I'm glad that we're we don't have anybody in the military right now. Yeah, well, I know a lot of people, people do, and a lot of people are very worried arm, yeah. about it. There's a friend of mine who, she talks about her son is in the, uh, I think he's in the Air Force, and how the planes aren't even being maintained, really properly. That they don't have the parts sometimes. How, what?
0: Yeah, how do they, our what military she, doesn't have the parts. That's what she's uh. saying. Do they even understand what
2: the... <laughs> no one has parts uh,
0: for anything. All the money anything. that we spend no, in the military,
1: true. it's like that where... The place you should be spending it, at least, is, you know, the people that are training and flying.
2: Well, you can have all the money you want, but if every single thing in the world needs a chip from Taiwan, and Taiwan stops making those chips, well, what can you do?
1: The military should make their own chips. Yes,
2: they should, but they don't.
1: Oh, I can't solve these problems.
2: No,
0: you can't. Are you sure, mm-hmm. honey? you I can't wish solve I could.
1: Them? So you take your little corner of the world and you do what you can. Yeah, right? well, I'm Like you're doing. That's great.
0: You know what's amazing to me is I, looking back 80 years at World War II and then you go back to World War I, but 80 years ago to World War II, much of that war was about ethnic purity. People don't really focus on it much. And that was, that was Hitler's whole deal is ethnic purity. I mean, have we learned anything in the past 80 years? We're still fighting over people's skin color, which drives me crazy. I don't know. I just really wish you'd they would stop. You think we'd evolve? Yeah, you'd think we'd evolve, and everybody you'd could just you think we would shoulder to shoulder. That's so, all Je- I know.
1: Every everybody in that I know that runs some sort of a charity, they always have a special story or a special memory of something or
5: somebody. Do you have one? It happens daily.
1: Daily. Oh really? I mean,
5: it's it is. There's just definitely not a single, single one. I mean, it for us, it's it's daily. I mean, this week, I know we've got a one of the remaining Tuskegee Airmen. Um, really? We're working on a flight, and my mission coordinator is talking about talking to him, and he's 98. 98. He's so God. sharp. Everything's all there. Enjoy like in the opportunities that we have just to get to talk and spend time with. Yeah. I, I just got off of our annual event, which I don't really like to call it a fundraiser. We raise all of the money in advance, so we don't go and actually ask for money. And it, it's it's become, after 15 years, a family reunion of sorts, where we get to spend time with our pilots and the veterans that we serve and then watch them interact. And it's it's really great. Um this last weekend, one of my one of my pilots was flying home, and I should tell you a little bit about his passenger. Um, we have a Marine who lost an arm and a leg in combat, and has gone on to get his pilot's license and his instrument rating. Wow! And he was flying right seat with the volunteer of mine flying back from Atlanta up to. Deep, uh, DC area and the air traffic controller out of Atlanta on the, as they were leaving said, Hey, is this Mike bell? It was the volunteer of mine flying. And he said, yeah. And she said, you flew my husband on a trip a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Thank you. I think the idea that what we do gets down to, Hey, I've got one pilot who's flying at an, an, another veteran who's now flying in his right seat someone we flew initially early on because he was injured along with the flight when you've got the air traffic controller saying hey you flew my husband last you know three weeks ago That's amazing. it's just a neat place to be uh, oh, I can and see that. and I our stories are it's hard to ever come up with just one because it honestly I'm so grateful I can't believe I get to do this uh, the yeah. other day I was thinking I'm I've been doing this it's it's Year, almost 16 years really? for me, and it feels like yesterday. I mean, I think about my my very first day at work, I went out to the airport, we were flying a young veteran who was at the Polytrauma Center from Flying Cloud back home to Michigan, um, and, and one of our local Minneapolis pilots was flying him, and that was my first day, and I had no idea what this was, was going to bring. And it's pretty cool to see where we are now, um, just in terms of what we're able to do. It's not cool to see what, like, when I look at what we're what we're doing. When we first started, we thought we would, hey, this is going to be kind of we'll, we'll set up shop now, but we're not going to be here once once we're out of Afghanistan, once we're out of Iraq. No one's we're we're not going to be needed, right? We just want to get initially. Hey, we've got guys that are in the hospital home, um, you know, get them home from Walter Reed, get them home from Brooke Army. What we're doing now is these injuries aren't. Over, you don't get home and necessarily. Hey, you know, I lost both my legs. Well, I need new prosthetics. Well, the prosthetist here isn't the best at the VA. I want, and I'm not necessarily speaking about the Minneapolis, but whoever's the local VA.
1: Right.
5: Uh, I I go to this guy in Orlando. I I need my legs done here, or I've got therapy and I want to go here, or this there's, there, there's a specialized you know hyperbaric treatment and I want to go here. So rather rather than bringing everybody home now now when we've got people that are home it's all specialized treatment so it's a little bit different or um, I've got cancer from the burn pits
3: mm. I need oh, yeah. I need treatment for
5: that um, I lost both limbs I didn't think I had PTSD because I was so focused on healing oh. starting to walk again and learning to walk now I need to focus on my mental health and. Or you know, I'm going to inpatient treatment. We do so many different flights, and what we what we started with has kind of changed. Has, our mission hasn't changed, but what, you know how we do it a little bit is mm-hmm. is uh, now we're back and um, and realizing that we're going to be here for the long haul. This wasn't a set up shop to get everyone home right. from war. It now is. We these guys have have served us. And it wasn't the one, two, three years that they're going to need help. They're going to need help for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever watched anyone go through airport security who
4: has oh, lost yeah. a leg
5: oh, um, yeah. or two yeah. and have them pull the wheelchair out first and then have them scoot through.
3: Uh,
5: I mean, it,
0: yep. it's
5: it's pretty disturbing to see that as TSA, this is what we're doing. So we're going to be here for the long haul and, and creating a situation where there's not that anxiety where you can drive an air, drive a car right up to the airplane, get in, fly, get where you need to go, and you're not dealing with crowds. I mean, my last, you know, flying out of Atlanta on Sunday, it was like, are you, are you kidding me? This was bad enough for for me, and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I, I don't yeah. have PTSD. I've got all my lit, and I was just standing there thinking, and now we're in the line that should be the line for someone who has a physical disability,
1: They've put us in that line, and anyone with issues, they're behind us at this really? point. Really? Yeah. Well, look at even uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. There used to be four security lines. Now they're down to two. two. In their infinite wisdom. Oh yeah. Yes. I saw that oh,
5: when yeah. I when I popped in. It was like this line's <laughs> under 15 minutes, and I'm up there. I'm like, oh, that was 45. Yeah. So those aren't even right yeah, they've anymore. They've doubled the
1: size of the airport, and I know. Halved, halved the security lines. I just yeah. They make it as miserable as possible oh, to fly. Absolutely. They really do. They make it as miserable as it possibly can. So somebody has got some sort of uh, PTSD. Is yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even. Yep. You know, I'm just holding it together here. <laughs> yeah, person in front of me is. Well, I
0: thought you were talking about being married. Hasn't to me. even
1: taken their shoes off yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're holding up everybody. Yeah, they never slept before? <laughs> You're this really this is your have first time pre-check. on an airplane I know, today, just, all I, 10 of you in I'm security like, before I'm me. like, Lord, give me patience today. I have all I can just to fly, and I don't, you know, I don't have those issues. So, yeah, I can't even imagine, like you said, an hour and a half is just a crazy amount of time. Uh. I have a friend who's a double amputee, and I remember one time a wheelchair wasn't available for her when she went to the plane, and she had to crawl. Just to get going hmm. all the way down the aisle, the dirty, oh, filthy God. aisle, oh yeah, on her elbows on, so I
5: one of our veterans yeah. that we flown mm-hmm. from Minnesota, Jack Zimmerman, has a similar story about being thrown in the far back of an airplane, yep. and mm-hmm. my um, one of my employees my one of my employees, her husband is a single amputee um, it, he was injured in o eight he was telling me this weekend when I saw him about a time that he had flown commercial, and he got off the plane, and someone had taken his wheelchair thinking yep. it was just a commu- oh, you know, yeah. community chair, yeah. and they had to track down his chair, and he's <sighs> sitting there, so yeah. we don't lose, you know, and that's another, you know, we've I've heard stories about chairs getting broken, or the guys are looking out the window, seeing them just throw the chair in the plane, and those aren't cheap.
1: No, they are not and, cheap. And
5: also, when you need a new one, it's not quick to get a new one, they're all pretty specialized, so... We have a, we've got a veteran who is, uh, was injured in a night jump and is quadriplegic. And mm. if he is going to fly, we use a certain type of plane, a Pilatus, um, as a huge cargo door. Oh, and yeah. we've got pilots who have built ramps, used a forklift to get his chair oh, up wow. in there. And they just pull a chair out of the plane, tie him down, and legally um yeah and, hopefully and that'd be good yeah. to do it legally that'd yeah. be good we'd like that uh, yeah not with little bits of twine but uh but that's that's Bunchy how he, at least that, but that is how he can fly yeah uh commercial is a nightmare because he's so anxious about you know trying how you yeah, can't fly gonna, in his chair yeah. and this way he he can be comfortable and
3: And plus
0: the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if I'm hanging out with
3: you. Maybe. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. i got to tell you, if if there has to be something in it for you to help people out, I will tell you. And I did not know this when I started because I've been sending money to all these different causes for years and years and years. And I didn't know this thing I'm about to bring up was even part of the deal. But I would write a check out and I'd send it to them. And, you know, they would send back little things like, you know, return address labels that had the Air Force, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, whatever, insignia on it. But then the more money I would send in, all of a sudden I would get these big medallions. And then I got baseball caps. And So if if you want something... I didn't even know that I'd be getting these, but they just they keep they keep arriving like I, I get at least one a week. It's phenomenal. It's just nice to have that stuff around because it does remind you what people did. You know, like like I said, the world right now is a little uneasy and uncomfortable because nobody can get along with anybody else and all the rest of it. But what I'd like to say to people like that that argue about, oh, you victimizing me. You said something that made me a victim. You want to go victim, let's go back to World War II, let's go back to Vietnam War, World War I. These people went to serve, and yeah, they were victimized by the enemy. There's no question about that. So let's not try to make a comparison between your victimization and well, theirs.
1: In Vietnam, vets were victimized when they came home. <clears throat>
0: they were, absolutely. They were treated
1: they were. like crap. It
0: was Indeed. just really
1: tra- That was a real tragic time in our history.
0: Well, I witnessed it personally, as I've said on the show many times. I You ever heard me tell that story about my brother? My brother did two tours in Vietnam in the United States Marine Corps. And I, I apologize because I just told this story last week. But he came back, and I was 15 years old, and we're walking down Hennepin Avenue. This is in 1967. And here comes a what was they were called hippies back then. And he's wearing a U.S. Army jacket. And the American flag is upside down on his jacket. And as we get there, my brother stops and he says to the guy, he's about, from me to Catherine, about 15 feet. He goes, sir, could you do me a favor? He said, would you mind taking your jacket off and just drape it over your arm until I get around you and then you can put it back on? I just, I can't see that. He goes, no, this is my jacket. He goes, no, seriously, I just, could you just take it off or maybe just put your hand over it or something? He goes, no, I'm making a statement. I'm going to make my statement. That got really hideous. I had never seen my brother go off like that in my entire life. He did not like the fact because, you know, he had friends that were killed in Vietnam and the sure. whole deal, and he just didn't want to see it. Are people better about that stuff now, do you think, or are they worse? Like they're anti-cop now, which I still would like to ask them. Who do you think's going to watch your back if somebody breaks into your house? But, you know, it's just me.
5: I think, I hope. 9/11 made us better about that.
0: Yeah, I thought so. It did for a while. I know. Yeah, I mean it's yeah
5: pretty quiet. You know, at the event I was at this weekend, there was you know comments about it's you know we haven't heard anything about Veterans Day. You know, media is not talking about mm-hmm. Veterans Day this last last week. And I said, yeah, well, you know, for yeah. us it's Veterans. You know, with what I do, it's Veterans Day every day. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't look to the media for validation and in what we're doing. Um, but it is a, you know, I think it isn't, it's not so much a a negative towards, I would say ambivalent that, you know, that's maybe the, the, this idea that, Hey, we've, we've had these men and women that have gone and served and done tour after tour after tour, but because it's 1% of the population, it's not, you know, if you don't live near a military base, which you know here I don't mm-hmm. um, and and I you know I see what I see with what I do but if I you know you look at my local group of friends it's you know that's really neat what you get to do but they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily see that or hear about it if they didn't hear about it from me you know mm-hmm. it it's kind of a different um, it's different now I don't I think you're not looking at the I mean I think about what my dad talks about he went through after coming back from Vietnam you know he was pretty quiet about it
0: Do you ever get in contact with, like, Fox or CNN or any of those national news channels? Because I think you should appear on those. Like, Pete Hegseth is from Minnesota. Um, I don't know if they have any Minnesotans on CNN. They used to have. Is Poppy Harlow from here? No. She might. I don't know, but.
1: I don't even know who Poppy Harlow is.
0: She's a news reporter on CNN. (laughs)
1: No idea.
0: I think (laughs) she's an anchor now on CNN. Poppy Harlow, yes, is from Minneapolis, Minnesota. What does she she, look
1: like? She's
0: an anchor on on CNN, I I believe. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, people like uh, oh, Pete, no, Pete Hegseth, he served uh, a couple of term, uh, terms over there. Um, i That's a guy, they should have you on Fox talking about this, because I think a lot of people would step up and go, hey, how can I help? I think a lot of them, because I don't think I've, I've ever seen them talk about this, flying, you know, World War II and Vietnam veterans uh, to places they really need to be. I don't know if I've ever seen that on the news.
5: Probably not. Um. <clears throat> And we're pretty, you know, as far as we don't usually jump out to be, you know, we're kind of under the radar with what we do because we've got a pretty specific mission short of, you know, you can certainly donate to us. Um, But when we look for volunteers, hey, I need you to have an airplane and I need you to have either fly the airplane yourself or have a pilot. Yeah. Um, And then when we're looking at who we serve, you know, it's not a broad spectrum, it's you know, we, when we really started out, it was post nine 11 combat wounded veterans. And now I would say we can, we can do, you know, have you served in combat and Hey, maybe you've got cancer and this is, you know, related from the burn pits and it, it maybe wasn't what was considered a combat injury at the time, or, you know, you're combat wounded in Vietnam and you need medical treatment. Now we, now we've got more of a network where we can do something like that, uh, you know, and one of the questions to us, I think, has always been, how come the government doesn't do this? Yeah, why Oftentimes, don't they? Oftentimes, <clears throat> do you want the government running this? No. no right? actually, No. <laughs> if it, you call us a minute. million
1: times more, and there would have to be permitting fees, and it right. would just oh, get But if you call us, we, you know, it's no red
5: tape. You, you call us, I mean, and you've no. experienced it. There was you no know? red tape. So you will have someone who answers the phone, who responds to you. We... Put out this, you know, we put the trip out to our volunteers. We look along the flight line to see, hey, who's got an airplane? You know, who's got airplanes between, and I think you were Arizona, right? Yep. Okay, so, you know, hey, we'll look at anyone on the flight line between Minnesota and Arizona and we'll blast out here's the story of the veteran that we're wanting to fly. You know, this is their combat experience. This is the purpose of the flight. And if you pick it up as a volunteer, great. We're not going to harass you if you don't. You know, delete the email if it isn't something that you want to do. Um, but I do have some volunteers that fly for us, where I can call and say, "Hey, we've got something. Uh, we got a flight today that I I need." Uh, Choctaw Nation flies for us. And oh, really? And they're um, that's they're, a
0: great. I'm glad to hear
4: that.
5: Their their chief pilot um, is the kind of guy that you can call on a Sunday afternoon, and he might be out fishing. And oh, you need me? I'll stop what I'm doing. Um, he's a former Marine. But once a marine, always a marine. Yeah, that's true. Um, but he found a trip for us one day. He called me and he said, "Hey, I met this young woman on the way. Out. I think she was broke down in her car, and I don't know if, what happened. If she had a flat tire or something, her car broke down, and he was went, was going to help her get to the gas station, and said, What are, you know? Where are you going today?'" And noticed that she had a prosthetic leg. And she said, well, I'm actually driving from somewhere in Oklahoma, I think Durant, Oklahoma, down to Brook Army Medical Center to get my leg work done. And he said, well, let me call Jen. He calls me he said, hey, <laughs> would you mind, could we call this a mission? If I take her, I'm going to get the airplane out and fly her down to San Antonio. Because she needs a flight, I think she would qualify. And I said, "Of course she would qualify. Combat wounded amputee. You're gonna. Thanks for finding her on the side of the road for us. (laughs) But that's the kind of volunteers that we have. I'm pretty
1: sure the government would be a year behind. And no, it would take a year to find a flight. Right. Yeah. So, no, you don't want the government running this.
4: No,
0: you're absolutely right. I'm just checking on. I'm gonna get a hold of Pete Hegseth, and I'm gonna ask him to reach out to you because I think. (laughs) Okay. I think Do you should you be. Want,
1: on. Do you want yeah. national attention?
0: Well, yeah, unless you well, don't want have. national attention. That's fine. <laughs> well, let me just tell you what kind of guy we're talking about here. Uh, Pete Hegseth was uh, the Minnesota Army National Guard individual ready reserve Iraq war veteran uh, Afghanistan war veteran, won the Bronze Star twice Army commendation twice National Defense Service Medal Global War on Terror uh, terrorism service medal Expert Intruder Badge Combat Interterm and Badge I mean this guy won everything. So you're won.
5: saying we should talk? Yeah, I think you should.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think you should get yep. a lot of credit for what you're doing because I mean Absolutely. right now I mean it just. Like I said, we as a family experienced it just a couple of years it ago. It was an absolute miracle. Wonderful. it was.
5: And many, I don't feel bad that you were sorry. in the middle of COVID when that all uh, happened.
1: Oh, I know it was horrible timing, but it is what it is. You can't <clears throat> change yep. what's happening. How many missions do you run in a week? Do you think? I'm sure it varies, but yeah, you know,
5: I would say I would say it varies. Um, I would say we're usually a couple a day. Okay. So one, you know. Wow. Easily one two a day. You know, we've since we started in 2006, we've flown. I think last month we have flown 20,000 20, passengers. Whoa! Since <laughs> twenty thousand. Twenty thousand.
0: Is so, that always one at that's a time? No, nope. Nope. Uh, I, I mean say, sometimes. A lot of but we
5: yeah. But I would say, I mean, it's a real high end to have you know ten or twelve on a flight. That's pretty rare. I would say our average is two to three in a flight. God. Oh, okay.
0: And twenty thousand. God, that's amazing. So, and
5: Did, I think the in-kind value of that is somewhere around the tune of forty-five million of what has been donated with yeah. flight time for us. God,
1: what oh, it a has great to be because when I was looking to just, you know, try to get a flight for Dad, it was like thirty thousand one yep. way. Yep, I was like, well, maybe we could raise that kind. Of, and my Dad would never have let any of us do that. Sure, he would rather walk. <laughs> <laughs> One walk or step at a time. Take a couple
2: hundred thousand <laughs> years. <like
1: that>. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, and so it is. A, it's a
5: significant, it's a significant donation that our donors. It's huge. Donors give for each flight, and what most will tell me is, I got more out of it than I think your passenger did.
1: So. Well, oh, it's definitely a mission in a lot of different ways.
0: Well, oh, that's exactly yeah. what the pilot said to me. He said, I have to do this. I don't. It's not that I want to do it. I have to do it. Because he said the same thing. He got more out of it than the guy he flew. And I could see that.
1: Yeah, we were all waiting at the uh, St. Cloud Airport for that a lot. Well, Saint I don't know. 20? Yeah. yeah. St. Cloud.
2: Was it? No, no not St. Cloud. cloud. Flying Cloud. Flying Cloud. cloud. Sorry. I was going to say St. Cloud. Some sort cloud. of cloud.
1: <laughs> Flying I oh, was cloud. a different one than one you were, What's that called out there? Flying cloud. cloud. Yeah, it's Flying Cloud. Yeah, it's it, just
2: called Flying it, Cloud Airport.
1: Yeah. Okay. But it's got a weird...
2: I know, yeah, the hangar, not the hangar, the, um, the terminal that we yeah. went into had a different name,
1: yeah. too. Yeah, anyway, so um, we were all waiting for him, and this beautiful jet, I mean, it was a beautiful jet. It was
0: gorgeous. It comes
1: flying in, and... They were they were gonna they landed went to the bathroom they didn't eat anything they're like we have to get ahead of some weather
2: yep <laughs> they yeah. Were, yeah they were being chased boom, by storms they were running I back yeah.
1: down but uh, dad came off of that and I was like so how was the flight and he said well it was so smooth it was a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you didn't think you were going to be in a bomber jet yeah, like, really. doing exactly. barrel rolls, where, did you? Where, where were the anti-air batteries? I think he was expecting it to be a rougher ride, you know, because sure. he's, he's never flown private in his life. That's true. <laughs> he just had no idea. The only, uh, well, the only small that, airplanes he ever were, was on were military ones. You yeah. can imagine how they yeah, rode. Yeah, oh,
2: God, yeah. And <laughs> well, before that, he probably hadn't flown in quite a while.
1: Oh, probably not.
2: I don't even know the last time he went—I know he went to the Golden Valley House for something,
1: probably um, like 10
2: years prior to that.
1: Yeah, they hadn't flown commercial in a long time. They were also, you know, getting to that age where they were afraid of crowds, getting sick. They didn't want to get sick. Because when they got sick, it was like they were sick for a long time, Mm -hmm. and they thought that was going to do them in every time they got sick. So they hadn't been flying commercial in a long time, but it was— it was just so funny because he comes, I mean, it was just this gleaming, beautiful, I don't know how much that thing cost oh, coming yeah. in. This little, <laughs> coming off of it, they're like, all right, dropped them up, bye. Yeah, I think,
2: I, think uh, <laughs> I can have Melissa post the video. I'm pretty sure I took a video of that. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah we have, have videos po- of I'll it I'll have it her someplace. put that
2: up on um, social media. Well, hopefully media. you got a
1: little uptick in some donations because in dad's obit a few weeks ago. We, mm-hmm. we put in there. in you know, if anybody wanted to donate anything, to donate it to you guys. So hopefully you'll <laughs> Thank you get a little Dick.
5: Yeah. How,
1: Appreciate it. How
0: does that go? How, uh, as far as donations are concerned, are people, people stepping up? Yes. They are, see, that's yes. wonderful to hear. I, I almost was certain you'd go, well, we wish there could be more. But no, they are. Huh? That's great. Yeah.
5: We just had a pretty great surprise over the weekend with one of our volunteer pilots who said to us, you know, and and he flies. He's he. I would say he is probably one of the most prolific pilots, just in terms of the amount of flying that he does for us, and that we can call him on a short notice. And and he said to my dad, you know, tell me a little bit more about this legacy fund. So we have a um, a fund where really the goal is to not have to fundraise and and just have an endowment. And mm-hmm. and he had spot. You know, he he's been a sponsor, yearly sponsor for us, but. He said, Well, you know, okay. I'd like to donate a hundred thousand to that. And then came back later and said, Well, I've changed my mind.
0: Oh God. And you were like, Oh <laughs> no.
5: Ah, that's okay, you know. You know, maybe you got ex- out out in front of yourself, a little excited. Actually we'd like to donate two
0: hundred and fifty thousand. Oh. <laughs> well there uh, boy. <clears throat> and
5: And I think, quite frankly, you're donating enough already with what you like. You're flying for us, yeah. So, but he sees the value and wants to continue to be able to fly for us and not worry about us out there trying to raise money. Um, And that's a pretty big, you know that was that was pretty significant. That's pretty amazing. Um, We don't do, you know, we don't send out flyers or we don't, you know, we don't do direct mail. Right. When we first started, I had someone offered it. I'm like, you know, I don't want to raise a dollar for every 10 that we spend. Um,
1: so, yeah, but you can donate to us if you go and to our website. You, well, fundraising is uh, terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible thing yeah. to have to try to do all the time.
5: But I'll pitch it. Uh, it's yeah. better dot org, uh, and, and you can donate, uh, and that helps us continue to do the work that we're doing, and, and we're going to be here continuing to do it, regardless of
1: how popular it is. Um, we're going to be here. Yeah, a friend of ours does um, the Smile Network. Okay, and she's like, you know, you, you can't constantly be asking for money because people <laughs> yeah. start—they see you and they'll start running right. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, "I hate having to fundraise, but I got to fundraise because right. this is how we do what we do. You know, you've got to do it, but it's just you know." And We've there's a special very, talent. In that area. There's a special talent for it too. I mean, some people are just really good at fundraising
0: yeah they are it's true and we are back with stretches picks
1: you know tom uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks yeah and uh, i highly recommend betting of course i always recommend betting
0: yeah absolutely so who's winning this thing the kiddies, the pack the bears or the purple
1: none of the above
0: those are all the teams in the division i know that well who's your pick Visit Shift2Cell.com because life is expensive enough. You're not yep. taking any Bitcoin, I hope? No. Good. <laughs> <That> <laughs> wouldn't guy. I
5: wouldn't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah, well, he, well, the guy who just is going to prison, he didn't yeah. know what to was do with it. Is Is he going to go to yeah. prison? Oh, I think so. Really? What a scam artist that guy was. At least his girlfriend was a furry, though, so that's good. Yeah.
1: I <sighs> just. Uh, Have you what? Heard, if you heard, <clears throat> has anybody watched any of the video of these two?
4: Uh, I haven't. No.
1: <laughs> the guy that was in charge of the FTX, yeah, and bit of his, a weirdo, I'm guessing. At, oh, well, there was a there was a fund, <laughs> a uh, like a Manhattan sort of hedge fund thing that they were mm-hmm. raising money, and the fact that people would give after ta- seeing them and thinking that they're just some sort of geniuses, you're like. What do we think is a genius today?
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> good question. <laughs> you're right.
1: Who do we think is good? I, mean, I wouldn't give these two a nickel of my money to invest. They're so strange and odd.
0: Did you hear his latest argument? I can't believe you're going after me. All I did was give to charity. <laughs>
1: Of course. Well, there is this, you know, uh, this new wave of altruistic investors where they're the only reason why they make money is so that they can give back. That's what they're saying. yes. No, they're they're they've got their own billions that they get to live on too. That doesn't seem to yeah. But really, all the extra billions that they raise are to go to charity. Uh, So that's like sort of the new Ponzi scheme. I would say this was a Ponzi scheme. It seems like this was a Ponzi
0: scheme. Yeah, I mean, how much? Andy, five hundred million or five billion? We or? were
1: we were sending money to the Ukraine. The Ukraine was putting money into this FTX, mm-hmm. and then the FTX was um, donating to, to the DNC. to the Democrat mm-hmm. party.
2: Yeah, and then the Democrat party gave money to the Ukraine. The Ukraine <laughs> gave money to FTX, and it just kept going around in a circle. So you're yeah, wondering,
1: exactly. how does this? Well, it was money laundering, is, is, is what it was. But with all these billions that were going into this fund why wasn't there any oversight there's always oversight on any fund because
2: this was just some kids website
1: no but there was an actual fund at araconda or something yeah Alameda. Good,
2: something like that.
1: yeah there was an actual fund right that was funneling all of this into this ftx so it's just a pump and dump scheme is all it was
0: i still don't understand what what is Bitcoin? How did it start? I've
1: explained it to you. I
0: know, but it doesn't have any value at all. Neither does money. I know. This <laughs> is a government. Money that is out.
1: just paper that they print. Yeah, the I reason money has
2: value is because the only way you can pay taxes is with it. Yeah, this is true. So therefore, it does have intrinsic value. Well, once
1: again, it's a piece of paper that somebody says it's worth this. That's well, yeah, what money is.
2: If you disagree that it's worth that, then they come to your house and kill you. <laughs> You're so... saying they're gonna
1: come after me for paying my taxes in
5: Bitcoin? coin last
2: year I <laughs> 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 you yeah, <he might>. <laughs> can send him a stack of bitcoin here here's your dough right here
0: i wasn't quite
5: sure me. how much this was worth but let's hope it covers mm. it
2: well that's yeah. how taxes always are we know how much you owe but we're not going to tell you you have to guess and send us that amount and then if you're wrong we're going to get mad and, and we're going to audit you, t- you
1: and charge you uh and
2: the, yeah charge you extra
1: so much interest that, oh God, that makes insane. a credit card company look
2: Yep, I know. It's
1: sweet. such a bad system. Yeah. You know what
0: amazes me? I believe now somebody told me that Minnesota is the third highest
2: tax state in America. Well, how
0: could I've it heard not third, be? third
1: and I've heard fifth. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's high. Andy, what We're do you way got? up there.
2: Well, it's it's difficult to say because, oh, I, I mean, what does highest tax mean? If you're <laughs> only talking about income tax, then we're fifth.
1: No, we're talking, per, yeah, personal tax. But, I mean, tax. we've also
2: got high sales taxes. We've got yeah. high gas taxes, right? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Our gas taxes aren't as bad as some. Oh, No. No. But they're, they're
2: well. California's got the high. Taxes.
0: Well, California's got California, the highest everything. California, your personal
1: income tax is 13.9, almost 14 percent, and they want to raise it to 15 or higher. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and, yeah, on and then you federal. got the federal. The yeah. feds at what 39, top rate. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you'd be losing out on 60 percent of your money. Yeah. Almost 60 percent of your money. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah well, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's good. And of course, as you said, the government should be doing this, but they're not using any of the money for that. Why? I, yeah. The oh, the analysis. government
5: could possibly
1: handle this. No, 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 no. no. Well, it's look too at you. You, One you guys! You're doing it with four, four. people. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just absolutely like you're so efficient, obviously, and you've got it all. For, you know, you've you got know, a good network. And part of it is that we're all
5: decision makers. So I think you talked to Mar. I think you probably talked to Maria. Yes, she did your Maria trip for yes, you. Yes, we're all decision makers. So my staff can make a decision. They don't need to wait till they can get a hold of me not that I'm difficult to get a hold of but hey make a decision yeah you don't have to have have 25 board meetings right yeah we've got a smaller board we don't yeah it's we're decision makers and I think that's part of it I mean you tried to run this through the government and you would have 45 different pay grades to finally make a decision on anything you know and and they're bigger decisions I mean every trip you know when it comes out financially every trip that we fly is fairly expensive so, you know, well, they have to be able to make decisions and, and not have to. And that stuff is oftentimes immediate. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't be a government gig.
1: Mm-hmm. So not where does all, all that
0: money come from? So, I mean, they, the pilots donate a lot the, of... It's
1: all the pilots, Is it she all said. pilots, yeah. all
0: of it? I mean, literally all of it?
5: For, as far as our donations or for who covers the pilots' flights?
0: Um, I guess all your donations, yeah. Okay,
5: so whoever, co- you know... F- for all of our donations, I mean, that's whoever wants to donate. Yeah, um, I think yeah. you know you he, you're more likely to hear about if, about us if you've experienced us mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. Um, whether it's been personal as a family member or as a pilot. I would say we we have a lot of guys that really just enjoy doing it and know, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't going to be around if if I don't also support it. Right. We've got um, vehicles for veterans, which is right. So our office is right kind of next door to you guys, just across from Costco over here. And oh, we all yeah. work from home. It's, it's kind of a, I would say at this point we get our mail there, but we all have been working for home from home long before COVID. It just was more economical sure. to do that. But, um, vehicles for veterans are there in the same, same office, mm-hmm. walked in, saw our name. We weren't even there, saw our name one day and said, well, what do they do? Well, they were our title sponsor. They have been, they they support us significantly, which is great. It's Minnesota local, Um, and, and they don't have an airplane that I'm aware of. They don't, you know, they're local. They fly, they don't fly for us, but just found out about what we did and and realized we were serving the same, same group and they support us. So So significantly,
0: did you not go down there because they closed the dairy queen right next door? Is
1: that why?
5: Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I don't need to go to it. Well, my Dairy Queen's closed now. It's winter. So, you know, I don't, so I don't have do, a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm old school. I'm out in Miniatrista, so the closest Dairy Queen to me is, in, is closed oh, I, for I, winter. I, I used to live winter.
2: in St. Paul right on Snelling. That one closed in the winter. Yeah. Did it really? Well, that was oh, yeah. one of the oldest
5: I used oldest to live in St. Paul state. and go to that one, too. Yep. So.
2: That, that, that might have been one of the...
0: I think it's one of... Might be the oldest Dairy Queen in the state of Minnesota.
2: It's not big.
5: No.
0: No, it's good. Does it even
2: still exist?
0: Is it still there? I think so. I yep. wonder. I don't know oh, for yeah? sure, but. Then
5: there was Connie's Creamy creamy Cones. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> There's <was> actually a <laughs> oh, lot right. of ice cream I think that out was like, there.
1: Como? Yeah.
2: yeah, there was a lot of ice cream out there, actually. Yeah, it was a good thing.
0: No was, doubt about it. So, how do people step up and, and donate some money?
5: VeteransAirlift.org. And you can do it online. You can mail in a check. You can call me. Uh, if you've got an airplane and you want to fly for us, we love that, um, and you can sign up your aircraft right on our website, and we send out emails that show up well, that'll tell you what flights that we have available. Mm-hmm. And then there's also available missions on our website, so you can always check those out too. If there's a specific flight route that you fly often, and you may want to check out what what we've got open for flights.
1: Do they ever um, team up with private like passengers that want to? Like Uber and pay some paid money to be on the flight to help offset costs.
5: No, so our pilots actually can't take payment for flights when they're flying oh, charitable okay. flights. So I was just trying to yeah no yeah. no helping yeah, now with exactly. the gas money. They can't yeah they can't do that. So oh, okay. um, you yeah that's a FAA IRS deal. They're not able to take payment for flights. Oh, so. Because it's a because it's a donated charitable flight.
1: Right. I think you not like designate a few seats or something so they could offset their costs. Nope. Dang. I'm always full of good ideas that never work. Full of <laughs> ideas, there's no question. <laughs> but you could
5: fly and donate to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's they typically are flying the, the passenger, you know, the veteran that needs to be Sure. Flown and and certainly if the veteran has family members that would need to fly along. That's yeah, you,
1: you guys let uh, my brother in law come up from Arizona and be there with dad. Sure. So be- that's not because something. he would have been alone, and his vision isn't wasn't it wasn't all that great. And if he would have yeah. had a little bit of a panic attack or something, he would he was there for him. And then he just flew right back with them. Okay. So yeah, that was nice that you allowed that. It was nice for him to have a companion.
0: Well, I can tell you personally, I will never forget that day. It was a really, really cool thing to just be there and then watch that plane go over our heads before it turned around and came back and landed. The whole thing was just handled so well. It was handled with class uh, from top to bottom. The pilots were just terrific, very friendly people. Don, at what, he's at 94 at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was like a little kid coming off that airplane
1: he Like I said, he was just like, couldn't believe what these people did for me. It was just so amazing. He
5: was just, But think he was about just, what he, he did. Just, I mean, I think floored. that's what it comes back to, right? I mean, that's,
1: you know, well, that's what he made I'm a doing. sacrifice,
5: yeah. and this is a, a great way to honor him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm like, you almost died for your country. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Something. I mean, he wore, he always, he had, he has, had his World War II baseball caps, yeah. you know, a beige one. A black one and a navy one so that he could uh, match his outfits. <laughs> he
0: had to match his outfit, exactly. When we just cleaned out
1: his closet. He was, you know, plaid is so in right now. Yeah. He was, he was way ahead of his time. Oh, Almost a lot of plaid in there. Every single <laughs> thing he owned was a plaid shirt. <laughs> every <one. laughs> He always had, and he was uh, everywhere he walked. People were always, thank you for your service. So many vets would stop and chat with him. and yeah. He was just, that just made his day. So he was... Very grateful for that It was an flight. honor to be
5: able to do it. And World War II one vet, veterans are just so special to us. There's yep. just so few left yeah. anymore. So when <laughs> no we have doubt. that opportunity.
2: There's about 160,000 left. There are that
5: There's many? There's still that many.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, point I mean, one he, per- or that's 1% of... The amount of people who yeah, served in world war ii Dad so. must
1: have been at the youngest right I joining think so, yeah, a, at the time. Time. a lot yep. of
2: people joined very young very though.
1: young so yeah so they're either 95 up to 100 maybe probably in age there can't be less probably well, how about
2: uh, kelvin graham who enlisted 1942 at the age of 12. <laughs> He was 12?
1: They must not the recruiter have known that.
2: knew. They had to have known.
1: Well, why would you let a 12-year-old in there? Because, because it's only 92 world war years old. old. We
2: need more
0: people know, to 12-year-olds go 12-year-olds
1: are not exactly yeah. reliable humans. It's true. <laughs> I can't
0: blame it on him. That's <laughs> real nice. That's good. Oh, yikes. I understand. 12. Hmm. Yep. 12 years old. I have
5: a 13-year-old, so I'm just looking at that shape in yeah, my no, head.
0: for real. No, you're not doing that. We need to come back once in a while. Keep uh, keep tabs on everybody and everything, and let us know how everything's going. I'm going to reach out to uh, Pete Hegseth and and so, Catherine, you you have her number. I do. Okay, as long as we got your number. Uh, but thank you for coming in today. I, seriously, it's just it's a huge thing and in Catherine's family, my family. It's, it thanks is. Thanks
1: for having me. Oh, well, God, it's yeah. just it's a it's a great organization, and you're doing a lot for people that just I mean they could probably do it another way but it would be traumatic and horrible sure and yeah you're really helping so many people
0: there you have it thank you talk to you tomorrow with the family